Welcome to Inside the Firm, a podcast dedicated to small business owners and hosted by entrepreneurs, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. Each week, they take you on their journey of how to start, run, and grow a business by bringing you inside their architecture and real estate development firm. Get a behind-the-scenes tour of how these business leaders manage their clients and foster company culture while creating new and innovative projects. And now your hosts, Alex Gore and Lance Psycho. I'm Alex Gore. This is Lance Psycho. Welcome to Inside the Firm. I hope you like our new intro. Uh, Lance surprised me. I knew that it was coming, but then I listened to it. I think it's awesome, but I was the outro. Is so cool because if you just let it play, yeah, like there's a sick drop and I'm yeah. just sitting there. So shout out to Rob B Beats. Uh, I believe he lives in Colorado Springs. Uh, he's he produced the music for us and he did a great job, especially with the overlay of the the lady and the in in the voice and everything like that. So shout out to him. If anybody else, any other podcasters out there listening, anybody else wants a sick beat, a dope beat, as the kids yeah. say, go to Rob B Beats and check him out. My parents thought it was my wife. And I was like, no. <laughs> um, does he have a website? We'll put that on the show notes. He, he does have a website. There we go. Yeah, Lance and we'll it's awesome because he just kind of he has like speculative beats that you can buy, yeah. and then he's just super accommodating. He's very cordial, and he, he instant he can instantly give send you like a, a invoice, and then you pay him, and then he gets it, gets it done. Yeah. He's great. And what I loved where we said, hey, how about this and not this? He goes, okay, <laughs> and then did that and sent it back. Yep, you know so. Shout out to him. A couple more shout outs. I want to make some shout outs. We are not paid by these people, but I just want to prop them up. The, are you sure? I got a check. Oh, just kidding. Mark, <laughs> you send one to me too, Mark oh, LePage. Um, I'm paid in likes. Yes. The Entree Architect community, we talk about it all the time. I, I feel like if you're an architect right now and not in that community, you're missing out uh, because the user base is so strong and I don't know. Well, yeah, you're in, you're always asking questions in there. Well, I just saw you. I'll, well, you just got into it finally because for some reason you He's, couldn't get in. Well, Mark, Mark didn't like me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. He he literally had to like go in the interwebs, which and is figure crazy out. because I think it was because your name is Al Gore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, anyways, Lance and I were talking. This profession of architecture is so broad that there's no way you can know everything. And one architect moved from Florida up to like New Hampshire. And he's asking about basements because they don't have basements in Florida because guess what? They're going to flood because hurricanes come. Yep. And he's just, hey, what do I do about this, this, and this? And about 10 people just, just laid it out for him. Like that, that is the kind of community that, not, that o- need. not only do you get a ton of tangible information, but you also, honestly, some days you just need to rant and people need to do the haha or like uh, pick you up. So I've ranted a few times about various things in there and then gotten really good feedback. Uh, we, we've talked about yep. on the podcast before. So just entirely as a, a design professional, if, if you if you are a small firm architect, check it out. And Mark also puts on really awesome classes and, yes. also, and also helps you through, through his Entree Architect um, uh, series about how to, you know, if you were just starting out, he, they've got, if you, if you join his group, uh, they help you with contracts. They help. They have these mastermind classes where I'm actually going to do one uh, in October. I don't even think I've told you that. No, it's going to be. It's going. I think it's called like online marketing or something. I'm sorry if I'm butchering it, Mark. No. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. So you're going to teach it or go to and learn it? Teach it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like we did the other one. Yep. 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 But 
I figured you were, so you were going to, you're going to be teaching it to you. So I'm going to do it because it's on a Wednesday afternoon. That's why. Oh, perfect. No, no problem. Whatever. Um, so anyways, that's great. The other one is the NCARB NCARB registration exam. It's run by Michael. I, I don't know his last name. Riscara. Maybe you can pronounce that. Anyways, this is, this is for if you're taking your test. And what's great about that too is a huge community. Risky era. Yeah, there you go. I'll, it's a I'll cool share name. this with him. And it's he'll, a cool name. Hopefully I probably yeah. butchered it too. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and what's great, any any question you can have. So if you're reviewing, people will post questions. Be like, I do not understand where they're coming from or why why this is an answer. And people just, and this is on Facebook as well? On Facebook. We'll put both of these links on cool. our show notes. Um, and then what's also cool is like people will celebrate, hey, I pass. And everyone you know says like... And then you'd be surprised, but it's probably encouraging how many people will admit, I failed, I failed again, I failed again, I failed again, I failed. It's amazing. People are like, keep going, try this, try that. So that's another one too. Huge community. Shout out to both of those guys for for putting that on. Awesome. So next, we're going to go into some fan questions, right? So uh, this we got from Courtney. Courtney Gonzalez. Yep. Courtney Gonzalez. She wrote us a, a great Fan email and then ask us some questions. And we got this last weekend, uh, which is which is awesome. And I, so I would encourage anybody listening, please send us questions because it, it helps us uh, just you know have so have the, establish a relationship with you guys, but literally fill time too. <laughs> well, no, they're good questions. They're yeah. good questions, and they're, and they're really good questions. And then I'll find her firm too. And it's um, stuff that and some of the questions are like things that I've never even thought about, um, which is maybe good or bad. Yeah. Uh, and we'll put a link to their website if you want to see that. But anyway, she gave us uh, a tip. So a lot of people who are doing sh- social media, you have your different platforms, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. It's called uh, If that, if This, Then That. So we'll put a link to it. It's com. four T's. And basically what it does is oh. com. It's hard to read. I don't blame Al. Yep. Um, so basically you can post once and it will reach out and it'll do everything. So you don't have to post. On yeah. Multiple so it's like, a, it's like a platform where it's an all in one platform. And then it'll just, all the feeders will go out from there. Yep. We have yet to try it. I'm, I'm sure it's good if, if she's telling us about it, but we will, we will try it. Um, and, and let you know. So she wants to hear our following thoughts and here's question one. Okay. If, uh, so she states, we are already utilizing Thumbtack and many other online platforms that you suggest in your podcast. We are reaching out to local magazines and publications to let them know we exist and are eager to be published. She puts in parentheses, great responses, by the way. And we attend targeted networking events. My question is, in addition to these types of marketing and networking efforts, do you think that architects should do paid print advertisement? Lance, go first. I think you got to try everything once. That's kind of my take on it. And you need to uh, try it once and then assess, try to understand where your leads are coming from. So every time, and I think Alex does this too, every time we meet with a new client, sometimes it's obvious, you know, they, they get a hold of us through Angie's List or Thumbtack or through the website. If it's through the website, a lot of times I'll ask them, how did you find us? And sometimes it's just like, oh, I just, I just looked you up on Google because you guys are one of the few firms in Longmont. Or something like that, or or they'll tell me some some interesting way. So I think you have to if you're going to start doing that, make sure you make follow up with your clients, potential clients, right away, and ask them how did you find out about us. Yes. I don't know how else you're going to be able to 
sort of establishing a metric for if the print ads are working. I'm not opposed to them whatsoever. And the only example I have of, <coughs> and it's not a paid example, is uh, ago, probably four or five years ago, 2012, that's when it was. Alex and I were published in Modern in Denver, and it was a seven-page spread, and it equated to, I think, like over $10,000 worth of basically free advertising. Um, you know, we had to, we had to put, put together the content and everything like that. And we've, we've never found anybody that said, I saw you guys directly in that magazine, but we suspect there were a few clients because they said, I don't know how I know about you guys, but it seems we like saw everybody. saw influence of people. Yeah. Yep. And then they said, our friend, Bob, whatever, told us about you. And we're like, we don't know a Bob. <laughs> so yeah. maybe he saw the magazine. Um, so for n- newspapers or magazines... Uh, especially newspapers, I think a lot of people are, are visually, att- you know, attuned. So your design set as an architect fits right in it. And on Mark's, um, whatever group paid mastermind group he has, we did a lecture and we went in, in depth on, on how to, how to do that. So if you ever want to see that, I'm sure once you get into his group, you probably can see all the past stuff. Yes. Um, but the, the theory, the, the, the thought is linked to timely events and then create something that a newspaper can, can share and link it to local community. Um, one idea, like if the, I'll give an idea. No, let, let's just do the exact example. Honestly, I think it's a perfect example. So when we did, when we were published in Modern in Denver, it was because in 2012 and we did the doomsday, we did four different kinds of, four different houses and they were called doomsday dwellings. So what I'm getting at here is you, you're sort of, the idea is you need to set up the content to be timely so that the, so that, they want the content and they they want it more than asking you to pay for it. I think that would be my first route is to try to get into local magazines, design magazines if I was you guys by setting up something that's timely. So what's timely right now, Courtney? You guys are in a hurricane. Uh, there you <laughs> so go. it couldn't be more perfect. Maybe maybe you guys Twister take, house, hurricane house. Hurricane house. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Hurricane building. Something like that. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And yep. then what people also like to do is they like to look under the hood. So a lot of people visit factories or, or breweries because it's cool to see how things are made. A lot of people want to know what parts are in the car and, and you know how it works. So if you explained in a building why the wind is going to rip off this panel or not, yes, and actually show them um, what's going to happen graphically, I mean you're easily going to get published in the biggest newspaper in Miami. It's it's a no-brainer. Alex got Alex got us published in the Fargo newspaper. Be at right during uh, during one of the big floods. I think it was in 2011. So it was sort of a precursor setting us up for getting in that other magazine. So we he designed, he took a th- one of his houses that was a thesis project, and then we turned it into our project in the firm. Just adapted. Adapted it, yep. So, so it was less, it wasn't like this ton of, ton of legwork that he had to do in the beginning. And then we got, we got front page paper access. Yep. yep, exactly. Oh, the other thing I would say is one thing we haven't tried I don't know if we'll. I don't know if Lance will listen to his own advice <laughs> because we have a bias against paying for advertisement in architecture-related uh, magazines. Maybe that's not true because I want to get in, you know, Arc Record and Dwell and all that stuff. Well, Dwell is not just for architects, but Arc Record more is, and we don't see the value in in marketing too much to other architecture firms unless somehow they're going to be in your stream, right? And they might be in our stream because we have a podcast and, you know, we're not, we're just giving stuff now. We don't know if that's going to evolve into anything. But having other architects know that you're awesome, are they going to refer people to you? We, we just don't see the value there. We might try it out once and let you know, but that's, 
which I actually think this leads perfectly into our second question. Okay, excuse me. You going to read it? Yep. What are your thoughts on joining a local AIA and most and uh, other mostly architecture related organizations? Is it a good use of time or no? So, <clears throat> Alex was alluding to this in are you in an echo chamber if you are just advertising within Arc Record? Uh, because it's mostly just architecture people. We are architects, other architects reading it. I, I feel the same way in a lot of ways about the AIA. For us, we're not in the AIA. I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll ever do it. Um, there's, no, there's no real benefit that we have from it. I know that- That some, we can see. That we can see, I'm sorry, because we've never tried it. But um, you know, we've, we've thought about it really hard. We're both licensed. Congratulations as well. By Woo-hoo. the way, Alex just got his stamp. He was stamping stuff internally just for fun today. Yeah, this I've been just, redlining and then stamping those red lines. Just to do it, just to do it. We compared, we compared stamps yesterday. Mine's bigger, but he thinks this is cooler. It's obvious. Uh, but I have heard other people say that they you get these AIA contracts, and that's helpful. So there's these contracts that can work between, I think it's the architect, the owner, and the contractor, and right. stuff like that. <laughs> you should really know you took the... <laughs> yeah, yes. exactly. I should really know. I know. But so There's a lot way. to this industry. Exactly. Well, yeah, you, you said it at the beginning of the podcast, jerk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so for us, so... But here's one thing that I think could be beneficial. So... Behind, we're in our conference room. This is where we podcast room. Right behind me is sort of our mantle of awards. And it's not a huge, it's not a huge amount of awards, but it's enough to where people, when they walk into our office, they're impressed because we're published in several books uh, because of, because of various work we've done. We're published in several magazines. And then there's, then there's a couple of awards on the back. So we look established. What I'm getting at is that's how you, if you're in a local chapter of the AA, well, then you can always submit for awards. Yep. So if you get awards, then it sort of it cements you in that we're an award-winning firm. And I, I tout that almost every single time we go after a new custom house. I say, hey, we're one of Colorado's own, only internationally award-winning firms because of the Tiny House Award that we won for Architizer. Because you could submit worldwide. We did. We went against Chinese, Chinese projects, a whole bunch of different projects. Yeah. Um, what do you think about that? Echo. Just, Echo. Just the just same thing. I wouldn't mind trying it out, but right now. And it's funny because we do get work from other architecture firms. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Actually, here, here yeah, that's another good point. But, so. but a, lot of, a lot of people think that that's not good work, you know, doing as-builds or doing this. And like, man, we're building up our base. We're making sure we have legs under us. I have no problem with that. Yeah, exactly. So if you if it isn't beneath you, that's another thing is you could go network with other architects and a lot of times they get, sometimes they get so busy that they don't want, but they, at the same time, they don't want to staff up because everybody still feels the pain of when we, you know, everybody staffed up right at 20, 2007 and then everything crashed and then everybody had to get laid off and stuff like that. So I think there's an opportunity for you to say, to put, to market yourself or your young firm and to other architects and say, Hey, we're, we're open to production work. No problem. If you guys have it to send or, or renderings, a lot of ones like that we will still do well we like alex said we, we still do work for other architecture firms we help them out but i don't even think it's a bad move because if you're an architecture firm and sometimes you just sub out pieces of the project right so let's say this is what a firm did for us i could see us doing to someone else too you get a big project but it's not enough to hire someone else out but you need to get started and you need the as built right away so you can sub that out. Hey, some other architecture firm that doesn't have an, you know, has an opening or more people. You go do that. We'll keep the project. It wasn't enough for us to bump out every, you know. So it's definitely something to think about. Yeah, can't yeah. totally crap on it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next question. Um, you have both. Whoa. Get out of your idle time. I need to discard that. 
You have both talked about the importance of family and personal time. I also heard Lance mention that he wakes up every morning and does some meditation and learns a bit of Spanish before starting the day. Could you both elaborate on your morning and evening routines and what habits you find to be the most beneficial for running a business as it relates to preparing uh, for the day and winding down at night? You can go first. I'll go first because I have failed in the last two months, Courtney. Nice. Uh, so well, honesty, he'll I'll, get it I'll here. Tell you, I'll tell you every time. Uh, I haven't meditated for about a month and I, sh- I need to get back into it because I pay for the freaking app and I hate wasting money. And it's also very, I feel like it is good for me and it helps me, helps me focus. Um, so I need to get back into that. I think it's a good thing. I also have sort of stopped doing the Spanish thing, but here's what my mornings have turned into recently. And it's not the worst. So get up, drink some coffee and usually I make memes. Uh, <laughs> So I'm an editor over at a political uh, web page on our Facebook page. Um, we've got about, we've got all these followers and stuff, and so that's I've I've been doing more political activism through like memes and like writing things and trying to educate the public. So, but what I would say is it the cool some so you know how I think writers have, I've heard several different writers do this is they get up and I can't remember what writer it was, but they they. They want to be writing within the first 30 seconds or something after they wake up. And I think there's something to that because your brain is is, loose. It's loose and it's coming out of a dream state. So you, my memes are jokes. So it's, it's easy for me. It's yeah, they're silly. It's easy for me to write jokes in the morning because there's always a punchline and a, or there's always a setup and a punchline to, to a good meme. So that's what I've been doing. Uh, I do need to get back into that, but Alex is, I think Alex is much more better with his discipline equals freedom shirt, what he's doing in the morning, right? Exactly. So about two years ago, I needed to finish my book. And I said, the only way I'm going to do this is wake up at five o'clock every morning. And my rule was I was going to do two hours worth of work before looking at a phone, looking at email, social media. And it was such a great break because I kind of follow through on that. And that, that's what I do. Sometimes it's, you know, 5.30, depending on the night, right? I still try to wake up at about 5. It depends on the After baby. the book, though, then what did you... Remember, you woke yeah. up early for what? So now, now, then it transitioned into ARES. But two weeks before ARES, I just study ARES every waking moment of my life. Um, but I had a new routine. And it's, it's kind of what I do right now is that I work out and I didn't work out this morning. So the guys are seeing me do pushups here at work, but anyway, he's got a timer going every, how many minutes, half hour, half hour. And then he does how many pushups? 50. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, work out in the morning. Then what I used to do is I used to meditate using headspace and yeah. then I, then I would study right now it's transitioned because now I don't have to study. Okay. So I work out in the morning, right? It's either weights or running. Right. And if I don't do it in the morning, if I wake up late, I'll, I'll do it in the afternoon. Right. Then I drive to work, listen to my Jocko podcast or, you know, Joe Rogan, whatever. And then I come in and I just tried this the last two weeks. And so I don't know if it's going to go anywhere, but you know how there's been this theme coming up. Are people in an echo chamber? Yes. Right. Are they in a negative or positive reinforcement loop? Right. Where you're just talking to yourselves. Right. Yep. So I go, um, have you heard of the, the OODA loop No the Navy pilots, Mm-mm. right? So in the Korean war, the, our air force was fighting against North Korea's, but North Korea's was actually China's and Russian MIGs, right? And their planes could actually 
by specs, they could accelerate faster, they could turn quicker, they could go higher, all that stuff. But yet the kill ratio was on the American side. And what they figured out is that they could react quicker, right? So they had a bubble, uh, what do you call it? Cockpit. Cockpit, yeah. Right? Instead of a triangular one with the brakes in it. And what that means is when you're flying towards each other, someone makes an initial move and then someone makes another move, just like chess, right? And then somehow you need to get behind someone or line your guns up and it's all these moves. And the Americans, their plane wasn't better, but they could make the decision that much better. So after like 10 moves, they were in position and won. Interesting. Right? And it was literally just come to, it came down to the, the Cockpit. cockpits being yep. transparent. Yep. And then, and then they made a system. It, OODA loop is like, um, observe, orient, decide, act, you know, Something some like sort that. of a acronym. Right. So I go, well, if that is a factor in, uh, making course corrections, can I apply that to myself? Right. Interesting. So I have a little journal. And every day I write, did, did something go wrong or did something go right? Oh, you, uh, did you hear about this on another, on some other podcast too, where they said, I swear to God, it was on Joe Rogan where they, they were talking about this method and that you, you, you assess your day, your day before, and then you track, you backtrack what you think went wrong. And then it helps you identify what you, or if you think something else went wrong, not because of you, it kind of always comes down to you. Right, right. I don't remember that. I know that there's journals where it says you write what you're grateful for. Yeah, right? yeah. And, you know, like positively or you just write. But so this might, I might be clearly ripping this off, sure. but I'll, I'll just go on it. So from that day, positives are negatives, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you didn't respond to this client or you did and you got the client or whatever. So every day and then at the end of the week, then what do you do with that, right? You got to do something with that. So then there's a solutions, so all the negative ones, solutions, all the positive ones to give yourself congratulations or whatever. And then the next week in the morning, I read those solutions. Okay, make sure you focus on this employee or make sure you do this, right? And then after that week, okay, do any of those need to continue or are, are those checked off? So that you keep, so you're observing yourself. You're not in this just, you know, positive feedback loop because all the time, like, what were we talking about? One of the, one of the projects uh, that you started and you started designing and you're like, should I do this or this? And I go, Lance, we learned this lesson. We learned this lesson four years ago, yeah. but I think that's so hard because we learn all these lessons, but applying it is difficult. And especially, especially for me, I'll, I'll say that it's difficult. So if I can write something down, it's going to help me even, even better. So I'll review that. Right. Um, and then what I do is I try to do one hour of work because by the time I work out, drive here, look at that. Um, and it's, I'm trying to sell, I'm trying to sell. I have a goal of selling a thousand copies of my book. I have no idea how to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to start doing massive action to, and then yeah. try to track it to see, see what sticks. Right. Um, and then, and then what I'm going to try to get back into is the visualize and the breathe and the meditation because I tried the, the free headspace app and I thought it was good. And I use that during studying sometime that I want to bring back, but, but that's my morning right now. Workout drive, uh, think journal. You could call it journaling. Do you think uh, the overall thing uh, for both of our mornings, if you had to, if you had to boil it down, what, what, what is, what is the biggest thing we get accomplished? And do you think it's something per, like a personal goal? I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, <clears throat> so have you been, have you seen these sales pitched from these people that were successful? Now they're being coaches. Yes. And they go, they say, 
oh, when I was working in the grime and I made $5 million, I was so unhealthy. Uh, you know, I was so unhealthy. And now what I do, I wake up, I meditate, I breathe, and I go work out. And they say, like, that's the key to life. And I go, hmm, but that didn't make you $10 million. I want to know what you did when it made you $10 yeah. million. So I, I think there's a, a balance. I think the brilliance of the morning is that you get space because no one's bothering you. Yes. Right? When you but, wake up, is nobody else up in your house? Because that's no. what it's like in my house. It, it is. I really, for me, I, I've always, since I had my first child, that's when I really became a morning person. So I would even, do you remember I would even do it in studio? You'd be like, why are you here so early? And I'd be like, well, I dropped my kid off. And then like, it, there's something about that one to two hours in the morning. If you can find your own little peace yeah. and quiet, I, the amount of productivity that you get done, I don't care if it's a personal, professional, and whatever your big focus is for that, for the day, the month, the year, the week, yep. I feel like it's most, it's most effective in that, in that hour, the hour or two period. I remember that because our office used to be at my house and you'd come into my house in the morning when I was sleeping all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so what I would say is that I balance it. So I try to do that routine that I, that I just told you. But I realized when our development project needed to be done, I even told you 5 a.m. skipped everything. I drive to work, get it done. Yeah. Um, another, you know, any, any big deadlines. And when I was studying the two weeks before a big test, it was done. Everything else was out the window. It, it was a stress. It was a stress on my family. It was a stress, you know, it, it was crazy. But then I would get back into working out, doing the fun stuff. So I wouldn't take this coaching advice where it's one or the other. I think you need to, you need to have at some times, go nuts exactly at sometimes and then bring it back balance yes i exactly i i that i would just i would just sum it up with that is that understand that that one to two hours in the morning is it's really a gift in life and it's how you pick and choose to use that gift it, it can be flexible i hate when i hear like with uh tim ferris sometimes <laughs> yeah. you know, he's so much more wealthy and popular and all that stuff than us. But what I hate is like when he asks these celebrities, what's your morning routine? I hate when I, my mind tells me that a guy go, Oh, maybe they, they do that every day. And I think that's the key here is that look, it doesn't, I don't think anybody can keep to a perfect routine every day. Like, Besides like, Jocko. Yeah. And maybe Tony Robbins. Cause he does like the, the plunge in the, in the super cool cold yeah. pool or something. And then Tai Chi for an hour or something. Like but that. also those guys, I know Tony Robbins works and I know Jocko works, but they're essentially retired coaches or coaches. Oh, there you go. So, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's their job is different. Their job is to tell you to take the plunge in the morning. And therefore, so they, the, and therefore those guys need to live it right to yeah. preach it. So, and they probably feel that in their soul. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, great but, question though. I, that's an awesome question. Thanks a lot for that one, Courtney. And, and at night I tried to stop work at night, but now after we put Atlas to bed, Annie is... Yeah, you emailed me last night about something, and I emailed you back. I was like, huh, he's working tonight. Yeah. So normally I don't try to. Um, and, and honestly, Lance and I do not believe in this late-night architecture stuff. We are not 20. <laughs> I shut it down typically between 5 and 6, and sometimes a little bit later, depending on if uh, my wife and our like our kids collectively go off with their other parents. Then, then sometimes I'll work a little bit later. And usually she's working with me at the same time in the office together. So we're still getting our time together. And that's the same thing. Annie's on the couch. I have a desk right yeah. next to my couch. So we talk. And, and normally it's me trying to do these extracurricular stuff. Yes. Um, but yesterday, what was it? I, I have so much stuff to do today. Everyone does. Yeah. But I'm trying to get some stuff done. So I was doing some, some work stuff. Um, but I think there's something to that. Not just 
it, but sh- I would shut it, it shut it like down. an hour. Like, don't yeah. say I'm gonna. I don't buy keep this. your I, bedtime because the key to what that first question, morning routine, is you waking up at five. So exactly. you have that space. Otherwise, you don't get that space. So you, that space is so important. So knowing your head at night, if you are gonna work, this is just gonna be an hour. Th- that's it. That's yeah. it because five is where I get my real work done. Last question. Is there anything that you purchased in your first few years that you feel like was a waste of money? I can only think of actually a recent one. And the I felt, honestly, in hindsight, and this is sort of a pat on the back, um, I thought we made a really lot of really good decisions <laughs> early on. Uh, a lot of really, really good decisions. Like And I think the key to that was Alex and I read The Lean Startup, and that was a huge influencer on how we ran the firm and how we still run the firm. Only recently do I feel like we have a, a crappy purchase, and that's advertising with house, and there's just no other way to put that. It was it's three hundred dollars a month. We've gotten one crappy lead. Um, I should have listened to everybody at the Entree Architect community, but again, you have to try once to you have to try everything once. I think to to really test it out. Um, so f- my only thing I can think of is doing a paid house. I think at one point doing the paid house thing was a good idea, and maybe using the first one or two years that it was super popular. But at this point for me, I'm just like thinking about this $300 every month. I'm like, well, maybe I'll work an extra hour to help pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of the um, things that I'm on the fence about, and this is the good decision that we made is I'm pretty sure I'm almost pretty sure that me and you have the crappiest computers at the firm and boy, they're getting slow lately. There's a reason behind that. The leaders eat last. Right. Yep. Make sure you have enough yep. food for exactly. all Exactly. I mean, that's the way it works in my house. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Kids eat first. Le- leaders eat last. Right. So the, some of the, this big project, um, I can't open on my computer. I got to turn around and look at the other person. You're computer. kidding. I can. It just kills it. Right. And we and, don't have time to burn them down. And what I mean by burn them down is what I used to do every single semester when we were in college is I, yeah. I totally clean the thing. Like uh, you do the hard reset with the CD and stuff like that. We don't have yeah. time for that crap. But anyways, what what I'm questioning, I think the lean startup is key. But when we bought our supercomputers in college, I remember I pr- pressed the button, took off my coat, it was ready to go. And we buy medium computers now for us. Not not for us. It, it's just kind of these ones were not medium. No. Oh, you mean? Uh, I I mean here's what I mean. I think this was what two grand maybe. Yeah. This laptop, and I'm talking about like I want a four grand. Make a machine. <laughs> I want to turn on, and, and I don't even know if it's even possible. I mean, with solid state, but just the boot up time. Sometimes it's like 16, 17 minutes. Like, what is going on here? Do you shut yours down every day? Yeah. Oh, I don't do that. I just collapse it and fold it back up. Yeah. For some reason, I'm afraid of that. I don't know why. Stop doing that. Puss. <laughs> 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 I like it. I, I feel like it's going to burn out. Like, I need to. Okay, you're you get your rest time, yeah, and then I'll open you later. That's fair. Mine, um, mine is mine has been really slow lately. I have some. I don't know. They just get old after two years. They start. They just all suck. I think at the end of the year, if we have, it depends on if we have a nice enough pile. We'll see. We'll see. Anyways, that that I'd say think about your computer decision wisely. That's the only thing I'd add. Absolutely, that. absolutely, yeah. yeah. And then okay. Other I, than that, we've never wasted any money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, 
I've, we've wasted money when we are building stuff. I know that there was tools like we needed tools or we needed screws or whatever. So we made a whole list. And if we would have looked, maybe there would have been something there under, but we just, you know, it's like, Nope, get this, get this it, deadline. Let's go, let's go, let's go. So there's a bunch of nonsense, extra, you know, bolts and stuff that are in my house or your house from that tiny, from the tiny house build. But true. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to go straight to, here we go. Uh, Angie's list update. Okay. Because well, let me, let, one thing. So thanks again for your questions, Courtney. Really appreciate it. Anybody else, please send questions. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, and then we were actually going to have Courtney and her business partner on, uh, well, one of the two on for best and, best and worst advice, but Hurricane Irma showed up and kind of ruined it. So it is what it is. You'll hear uh, from them in you, a week or two. Exactly. So uh, God bless them. Hopefully, hopefully everything works out in that, in that hurricane. So Angie's List, remember how high I was on Angie's List? Woo! Greatest thing ever. I'm now on the fence. Now on the fence. <laughs> um, just just nailed another client from Angie's List, a good commission. Just yes, just this morning, right? But this is what just grinded my gears. <laughs> and every website, every social website, Facebook, Google, LinkedIn, Thumb, Thumbtack, whatever, it's editable, right? You can edit it. They made me really mad a couple of weeks ago when I couldn't edit my own ad, I needed to call in. And then they said, Oh, okay. Um, you have to, we cannot run a different ad for you because we don't have a slot. And I go, okay, then I don't even know what I'm paying for anymore. And then apparently there was two, there was like an ad and then there was just a deal. And I, and I go, well, get rid of them both because there was too much response. It was not worth the money, you know, all that stuff. So she got rid of the ad and she's like, oh, the deal, you can edit. I go, okay, okay, great. Where's the button? She goes, oh, I mean, I can edit it. You have to tell me to edit it. Gross. This makes no sense. Gross. Then um, I told you about that bad review we got. We got a bad review, Yeah. right? Went back, apologized to that client, worked with them, got them what they needed. They were very impressed, right? So they went and submitted a new review because, you know, second chances are just like, hey, I... These guys got back on it, right? The Angie's list automatically sees if it's a double or not. This is what they told me. And then they deleted the new one instead of replacing oh. it because you couldn't edit the new one. And I'm like, what? What are you guys doing? It gets worse. It gets worse. I go, what are you doing? Why is there not just an edit button? Why can't you just edit your own review? It, it seems extremely fundamental. One of the biggest things that Alex and I hate in life in general is why are we having to tell you how to do your job? Yeah. <laughs> But but how come how come we're having to tell you what what's crazy about it is you know when they made up you know hey write your stuff someone said okay then we'll have the edit button here and someone had to say no <laughs> take that out because there's no way you wouldn't think of that right they're like no we can't have them edit their own review that they actually made up then what happened is another client gave us a review and it was like you can uh, there's categories so it was A B C A B Right, so they gave us a C on one of the one of the things, right? Okay, I, I I'll tell you who it is. You okay, know it. but anyways, since Angie's List reviews it, it doesn't post right away, right? Because they say they review it for duplicates. Okay, so the guy goes in the same day and does the same review because it's not showing up. So there's two reviews of his that are identical on there that they're supposed to be taking down, and then there's not two reviews of the person that did different ones. So your system, your rationale for why you do this does not even work. 
So right now they're taking off that duplicate. And then the one that like redid it, they didn't replace the old one. It's just the old one and then the new one. And it's crazy because we are getting work from it, like legitimate work from it. And people are finding us and then just not even going through them, just, you know, whatever. I've got, but, I, so with the funny thing, I've gotten calls yeah. and they go, and I go, how did you find this? Oh, I saw your, saw your thing on Andrew's list. And I go, oh, here's Alex. <laughs> but don't like, doesn't that scare you fundamentally? Yes. It's the same thing with Thumbtack where I said, there's a, this isn't a two way street. Yeah. You, you, you like anybody who just interacts with you on a quote Yep. Can do it? That's insane. What's also crazy is on everyone's, like mine, I'm sure uh, most firms, on they have a Google listing. You can give them a Google review. You can't give Angie's list a Google review. Oh. Oh, oh they don't like no. reviews. Oh, they don't like no. reviews. Oh, come on. So, I mean, I just, it baffles my mind how this is, this is just crazy. See, I think Google got it right. Google has their Google reviews right because then you can respond to them. You have to be public when you say who when you say who you are. You have to be logged. Yep. Yep. Same thing. Even Yelp. I think Yelp got it right because you have to be public with who you are when you respond to it, and then people can find people can click on your profile on Yelp and they can see like, is this guy just a troll and he's trolling all the businesses and is he just finicky on everything that he does? I mean, my wife finally figured this out when we went to Italy. She went and looked up all these reviews, and she's like, there are people that that's all they do is leave bad reviews. And I go, exactly. I don't trust people. Yeah. But what's crazy is that we tell everyone to boil everything down to the fundamentals, and then you can start from other examples. So when they were making Angie's List reviews, they didn't just say, hey, look at Google. Is there anything wrong with this? Should we add or subtract anything? Somehow they came up with this whole rationale of how things were going to pause and how you couldn't edit and how you need to call in. This so the only way this other lady could leave a review is that she had to call in, and what was crazy is that the guy what? said, "Yeah, the guy said that he'd give me the number. He didn't, so I called in, and I wasn't gonna pretend like it was because we have a uh, account with them. So I go to the business side, but I go, no, I need to pretend like I'm a person because I can't ask this person to call in and not work. So I called in and said I was a regular person, and I said, "Are you a gold member or not?" And I go, "I don't know if they're a gold member." You know, they might not be. You might have to pay for that. So I go, no. And they said, oh, you don't get phone privileges. You can't use phone. I was like, questionable. You guys are terrible. Questionable. Questionable. So Angie's List, you get a terrible review right now. I don't know what else to You're say. You're on the fence. Yeah. You're on the chopping block. We'll see. Uh, anyway, let's go on a lighter note to our best friend. All right. It's bestie time. Here best we friend, go. Nick Reads. So this is a segment. He just reads some architecture for us. <laughs> And it's the best. Okay, here we go. We're going to hear from Nick. Hello, best friends. I hope you all had a great week this week. A reading. Start from the beginning. The earlier you learn business skills, the better. It is important that universities and business schools integrate these skills into their programs. Without incorporating them into their business curricula, Schools will produce students who struggle to fulfill their dreams. Even if students and professionals have zero ambition of running their own firms, their understanding of how business works will help them be better team members and ensure their ability to develop successful careers. Art Gensler. Art's principles. 50 years of hard-learned lessons in building a world-class professional service firm. 
Now it doesn't seem like too many universities take this advice. Too bad. We'd all be better if we weren't making this part of practice up as we go. Lance, did you know that wolves are monogamous and mate for life? I am the anonymous reviewer. Toodles! (laughs) Never change, Nick. Never. (laughs) Best of luck to you in Florida. Um, Wow, how in line with... That was supposed to be last week, but... Perfect. He gave you a nice Fundamentals. review. Fundamentals. And we are talking about, we just came from our lunch where we take all the firm people out. And we were talking about this this thing, professional practice and how it was taught in school. Yes. And we came up Timely. with a, a crazy example. So think about how you get jerked around by the city and by clients and like, hey, we need to move fast. And then they don't make a decision. Then they want you to make it up. Or the city tells you to please coordinate all the font and make sure this is capitalized and this isn't capitalized. And then all of a sudden the client says, oh, yeah, we had some retainage you didn't even know about. You won't get it. We we were just joking about how we were going to do that to their projects. And just, <laughs> just if we taught a grad school course. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or even undergrad. You know what part I liked about that? What? Was when they said every every kid should learn, every every child should learn. Something so Chris Jericho, who's a famous wrestler, was on Adam Carolla earlier this week, and what I loved about what his little segment was, he goes, he goes, I I try to teach my kids uh, personal responsibility by making them buy some of their stuff. So he what he, what happened was he kept on he had kept on having his son would take uh, his a water bottle and forget it at school and forget it at school and lose it at school until he made him buy his own. Then he never forgot it at school again. <laughs> yeah. So there's something to tying, uh, uh, tying personal responsibility to uh, purchasing something, aka a business transaction, when you just teach kids at a fundamental level. If they, if they think about things in a much more precious way, and I think that carries through all the way through um, when, when you're when you're an adult. Yep, and I I would not tout us as uh, being at the pinnacle of success or anything like that, but I see. Uh, I see other business people or people striving and I think of the business world as the real world, an invisible maze where you can bump into roadblocks, right? And that maze can become more clear if you study business and know some principles and do some fundamentals. And it's hard to see when you can see someone who's just bumping into the same wall and going down a route that you know, that's a dead end. Yeah. And when, when he said, so this is Art Gensler, who's amazing. The Gensler is the biggest, most profitable, profitable architecture firm, probably for five years running. Students who, uh, because students will struggle to fulfill their dreams. Yes. So if you are looking to fulfill your dreams, you should probably know the numbers or the rationale behind it. Um, and even if you think that your dream is to be the next museum designer, crazy, awesome person, and you could point to people like my former boss, Daniel Liebskin, who seems like that person. His wife is not that person. Exactly. His wife was in there when they got the loan to start the firm and said, we have this for collateral. We have this. We have this. And obviously, Daniel's an awesome guy. And it's not that he's clueless, but he, you know, he's focused on different things. Mm-hmm. And he could fulfill his dreams because his wife was there. Absolutely. Yeah. That was awesome. That was a great segment. 100%. All right. Um, Keep going. Code questions. Is it my turn? No, no, because I have code questions for you. Okay. Uh, so we are flipping the script here. Are you ready? Sure. Let's see. These ones I don't think are too hard. I got to pull up. Hold Those are it. the ones. So yeah, so I pulled up mine. 
And so I don't get to do mine this week. It's just all you, huh? No, That's you can fair. do yours. You can do yours too. Okay. What is going on here? Here is you start with yours and then okay. close out of it so we don't have too many documents to open through. All right. <clears throat> we are in chapter 24, glass and glazing. I think we were already we were still there. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we're moving into it now. And and after this, don't we still have best and worst advice? There's no best and worst advice this week. I already talked about that. You missed it. Unless you want to give some best and worst advice. Who do, who's on the docket? No, didn't we have someone that we forgot from yesterday, from last week? No, it was our bestie, Nick. We bumped him. Ah, he's bumped. I swear. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Twenty Code 2401, sorry, 2407.1. Glass used in hand in handrail, guardrail, or a guard section shall be laminated glass constructed of fully tempered or heat strengthened glass for all glazing types. The minimum thickness shall be what? A, one-eighth inch thick. B, three-sixteenth inch thick. C, quarter inch. D, fifteen-sixteenths. Or sorry, five-sixteenths. So eighth, three-sixteenths, quarter, or five-sixteenths. Five-sixteenths. Incorrect. One-quarter inch. One-quarter. Oh. Street continues, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, 2407.1.3, parking garages. Glazing materials shall not be installed in handrails or guards in parking garages except... Do you never see them? For what areas? You don't ever see them except for what areas? A, restrooms. B, mechanical rooms. C, pedestrian areas not exposed to impact from vehicles. Or D, elevators. Well, you raised your voice on the pedestrian one. So I'll say that All one. All right. Hey. Do I have one more? I know. I just had two for that one. Okay. I got two. So this will balance it out. Yeah. Do you need Do you need me to pause and we'll take a little break before you find them again so there's no dead nope. air? No. Nope. nope. You just keep talking with your sweet, sweet voice. Here we go. Okay. All right. This has to go with sheet uh, lettering system, right? A is for architecture. S is, you know, whatever. What is the sheet letter designation for surveys? One, S, I'll do A, A, S, B, S, U, C, Y, D, V. S, U. V. What? Yeah, right? Where did you learn this? Uh, I was putting together the Mark II, and they didn't have one, but I was putting it on my sheet index, and I, I looked it up. I literally had to look who, it up. Who told you this? It was some AIA something. Mm. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> now here comes another one. What is the sheet letter designation? For shop drawings, for contractor shop drawings, okay. Oh, that we we've even produced these. What? That's hilarious. I'm okay. I'm gonna get it wrong. Here we okay. go. Okay, <laughs> the streak <laughs> may or may not continue. Uh, a B, so B. Uh, actually, let me do this because we'll do ones because these are letters. Okay. One B, two Z, three zero four S D. Z. It is Z. All right. Good. Was that just a guess? I thought it's at. I thought Z is at the end of the alphabet, and shop drawings are at the end of the drawing sequence. Yeah, good logic. Good logic. There you go. So there we go. There's that. I I think we have one more thing, but if we don't, we will wrap it up. We will wrap it up. Uh, Nick reads code questions. Firm systems. Yeah. So. What are you talking about there? Alex wrote the outline for today, so eh, we don't need to touch on that. Unless you want to. No. I have, I have one last thing to leave everybody with, and that is if you are a positive person and you are trying to spread a, spread a positive message, don't let negative people get to you because know that you, you, you and your message 
go a lot further than theirs ever will be. Yep. And just to go on that, notice that you're going to encounter a plethora of people, people that are trying to help you out and ask questions, people that are trying to help you out and give you advice just from like a, a normal they've been there. And then all the way to the other spectrum of people that have never taken a lick of advice in their life. And then they're going to tell you what to do. And, you know, they don't have their stuff together. So it goes from everything from if Steve Jobs, if Elon Musk walked in here and said, hey, if you guys did this, this is you'd be more you know efficient. And he's just trying to help you out to someone in the street just being a naysayer. So, yeah, identify and leave. Just don't even worry about it. There you go. We'll, right. we'll see you next week, everybody. Thanks. Thanks.